The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's everyone? Welcome to a, well, I guess maybe an on-tour episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 731, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron, and listeners, you are listening. No, shit. Dear listeners, no, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, okay. True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. This show is brought... It, it sounds so weird in my headphones. It's throwing me off. I'm not used to hearing my voice back like this. Oh, okay. Um, so I'm going to have to play with this later. I did an update right before this, so that's probably what's going on. But um, True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go there. Get on the mailing list. Get involved because they have so much stuff going on. Right? There's just so many great things that they do beyond coffee. Check out Embodiment Printing Press. Um, the owner of the company is just a renaissance man. If there's something that interests him, he figures out how to do it. He builds it. You know, This isn't some giant corporation with deep pockets figuring stuff out and trying to buy things from some third world country as cheap as possible. This is a dude who's like, huh, I wonder if I could do this. And then he does it. And it's just cool, you know. So he's just another metalhead supporting his family, and it's a great time. So support True Call Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. And I haven't had a chance to tell this yet, but um, I picked up a new sponsor for the show, Snowy. Uh, okay. Winnipeg sponsor, the Sofa King, 91 Albert Street. So when you are in Winnipeg, go to 91 <laughs> Albert Street, and you can go to the Sofa King, where their prices aren't just low. They're Sofa King low. Right? And <laughs> when they have deals, they're not just huge. They're Sofa King huge. <laughs> All right. So go to the Sofa King. It's a Sofa King good time. <laughs> All right. Please tell All me right. about the joke. <clears throat> um. Uh, I the so night, fucking when, so fucking uh, so fucking low so fucking yeah I was I was thinking suffocating or something no 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 so fucking 
Like their prices aren't just low; they're so fucking low. They're so fucking so low. So fucking okay. low. Now, all right. You get it? You get it? Uh huh. Uh huh. So, uh, what's going on? Oh, uh, myself, I can't complain too much. I had a uh, pretty good weekend. It's just the only thing that's sort of, kind of bumming me out is right now. As we speak, okay, Anthrax is in town. Anthrax, you're not there, and I'm not there. No, what's wrong with you? No, no. Well, I we kind of okay. As our regular listeners will know, I we we took that week off because I went to Montreal for that uh, for that black metal festival and just to get out and get out and, and go for a holiday and all that. Well, in order to do that, we kind of had to wait to grab anthrax tickets when we got back and by the time you know we were able to sit down okay now is the time to grab some tickets here pretty much the theater is sold out except for i think way up in the nosebleeds yeah i know there's nosebleeds in this theater and the vip packages which were going for about 300 bucks and all that so I kind of had to resign myself over to the fact that you know what I'm just I'm just gonna sit this one out, which which sucks because every every time Anthrax and Exodus have been in town, I've been there. Black Label Society is good, but I don't have any of their albums, you know. And I, yeah, uh, if I miss them, fine. You know, okay, but um, yeah, missing an Anthrax and Exodus, a little bit bummed out, but I, I, I'm going to take solace in the fact that I've seen Anthrax every time they've been through town, going all the way back to like the Among the Living album. And I've had the good fortune of interviewing Joey Belladonna and Frank Bello on this show. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not there tonight. I'm just going to stay off Facebook and avoid everyone's uh, <laughs> avoid everyone's pictures and how great the show was and this, that, and another thing and 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 all that. So yeah, so we're going to focus on. I'm going to set my focus on this show tonight, right now, shall we say? Um, before we do jump into everything we do have a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning a couple relevant birthdays to this show first and foremost i want to say hello and happy birthday to my little big guy uh ninja cat jess her little one oliver is a big four years old yet yesterday as we speak and all that so yeah so this weekend i went and Went and visited him, and then you know, you know, tipped the elbow with with the mom, and just just had a really great um, Saturday night. Not only that, but we were celebrating, okay, the fortieth anniversary of the Pyromania record. Just this past, wow. yeah, just I think it was on. The past Friday, as we speak, so a week after you're hearing this, the first time, Pyromania, Def Leppard's the last great Def Leppard record, turned of 40, 1983, which I don't think when we did our 1983 episode, I don't think, did we mention Pyromania? Did we? 
I don't. Ah, think so. I feel like we. It's a definite maybe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, definite like could have. It's a definite maybe. Yeah, yeah. So what? What was? What we were doing Saturday night? You know, once all the birthday all was was done, one of our local rock radio stations was um, airing the Viva Hysteria concert. I was like, ah, okay, it's not not the one that I would sit down and listen to, but it's here, it's on, rock and roll. Another really cool birthday, we want to say hello and horns up to Luca Indrio from Necrot. We've had him, he's a radioactive metal alum. We've had him on a couple times. Every time he comes through Winnipeg, we always get together, have a great time, and we want to say happy birthday to him. And another really cool birthday. Just this past weekend, as we speak, okay, um, one of my all-time favorite albums, okay, this was the weekend that the band went into the studio to record it, and I believe just a couple months later, it was released, but Exorcist went in and recorded their classic Nightmare Theater album now. Who Exorcist is, it's just, these are one of the all, one of the... I don't know, the most underrated um, band you're ever going to find. I don't think they ever played any gigs because it was basically just some members of Virgin Steel, okay, that went that went into the studio, had a bunch of, you know, thrash songs that, you know, that's kind of out of Virgin Steel's wheelhouse and just kind of went and recorded this very mysterious record. It took it took a couple of years before it actually got out exactly who Exorcist were. Okay, because they 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 didn't play out. Everyone was kind of hush hush and tight lipped about it. So it was one of heavy metal's great mysteries, and it was just a fantastic record. I remember when that could still happen? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, it could. Yes, I, I forgot about the fact that you could have an album where you didn't know who was on it. You're like, "Whoa, this is so good!" You mm-hmm. know, it just—I miss that. I re- I I really miss it. Like, I love digital technology, right? I love being able to stream anything from my phone. I I love that sort of stuff. But I there are times I just miss the mystery. You know, oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. And this this was a classic example of it. No, no one knew who this was, and of course, at the time, there's no there. It certainly wasn't being played on the radio. There was no promotional videos, so you basically had to read a review in Metal Forces, and if yeah. not, well, you you took a look at the the album cover, the name of the songs, and the name of the band. And you went, okay, this is this this is exactly what I want because that's what I did. And to this day, Exorcist, this record, Nightmare Theater, is still one of my favorite records of all time and all that. So when they came across my desk that, you know, the 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 anniversary, 1986, they stepped in the studio to record that. It's like, oh yeah, we definitely, we definitely got to throw that out there. So much, in fact. Okay, let's uh, let's let's drop a track from that nightmare 
theater record um courtesy of the good folks of at true cavalt coffee in our man the suffocating suffocating, yes (laughs) and the suffocating that's right and i actually i want to go one step further and i want to dedicate this exorcist song to kate blanchett the actress do you know why I would be doing this? Yeah, I saw your Facebook, <laughs> and I, I think it's all just publicity because oh, Kate's like our age. <laughs> She's not uh-huh. shaming anybody for that. Yeah, I think I, I think it was just just a case of like this, it, like she's just of of total ignorance. Like, does anyone still listen to metal anymore? <laughs> you know, but I've it had coworkers ask me that for like Anthrax, oh, that band from the eighties. Um, you mean the band that just put it? out an album last week? Yeah, yeah, those guys. Uh, yeah, no, I've I've had normies ask me about about Iron about Iron Maiden. Sorry, when the last time they came here and and they said, well, where are they playing? Well, at the at the big hockey barn. Well, I figured in a band like that they would have been playing at like the theater or something, you know, because they're so old now. It's like, oh, yeah, they're bigger than ever. Yeah, <laughs> they are. So, so I want to dedicate an exorcist song to Kate Blanchett and all these stupid normies out there for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee in our mandatory metal segment. This is Riding to Hell. Hey! 
We've been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Hi, dude. I'm going to sit back, enjoy another Lemmy in my motorhead mug here, and you're going to tell me something about your metal fix. Okay, I've been holding on to this one a little bit. So um, I've been trying to get rid of stuff around the house, you know, and I've told you off air why. I don't know if I've talked about it on air yet, but mm-hmm. anyway. So um, we we were taking stuff down to uh, Monster Music to sell, and okay. we traded that credit in, and got uh, the Great Pumpkin soundtrack on vinyl. Ooh! Have I ever told you why the Great Pumpkin is a special thing for me and my wife? Um, uh, no, no, but I can just imagine. Well, it was Halloween two thousand one. No, two thousand two. Halloween 2002, I would have went to her parents to ask for their permission to marry her. Oh, okay. um, an old-fashioned boy. Yeah, and so it was. Um, so, so like the you know the running joke has been that the uh, Great Pumpkin brought her an engagement ring. You know. <laughs> <clears throat> so um, I got it. I got it twice, believe it or not, because they had one that was just normal one, which I had to get, but then they had one that was the shape of a pumpkin. Right, It's yes. like a clear vinyl, uh-huh. so I'm like, okay, I had to pick that up. And I have never seen this next one on vinyl, um, but I got like a four-record set of Chuck Berry's The Great 28. Okay. Um, and I'm always, always on the lookout for Chuck Berry vinyl, right? Because mm-hmm. it's not something that you see often. Um, and I mean, if I have a 45 somewhere, I'm probably lucky, maybe. Um, but yeah, so... So that was going on. And so then we go to the local comic book store, Captain's Comics. I take in a bunch of comics. And um, he's like, well, let me see here what we can do. I said, yeah, I'm not looking for a ton of money. Just, you know, like, I want I want to get them out of the house, get them into the right hands, you know. Mm-hmm. And so he's slipping through them. And I've got both kids with me. And he says, well, what if... We say each kid can spend this dollar amount since they're all having fun shopping and and you know and, and that's what we'll do do for this box. Um, before I can even respond, my son says "deal" and runs <laughs> off. I love the enthusiasm. It was hysterical. Like he just deal and he just disappears, disappears into the shelves. <laughs> and you know he comes back with a stack of stuff my daughter unfortunately did not have the same luck um but we ended up you know not only getting the stuff that uh, my son picked out but then we also got our tickets for the uh upcoming comic-con here at the end of february oh nice yeah yes yeah. yes super excited about that so um mars volta you familiar with that band mm-hmm Yep. And uh, also, I guess, Racer X. You familiar right. with that band? More familiar than Mars, yeah. Okay, so Juan Alderetti. You, you, does that ring your bell? 
one already. Yeah, one. One. No, I. That is uh, that a member of? Well, yeah, he was the he was the basis. Well, he's he is a bass player, so he was the basis for both Racer X and Mars Volta. Okay. Um, and right at the beginning of the pandemic, he was hit on his bicycle and was in the hospital in a coma forever. Mm, um, right. Yeah. That's starting to ring a bell. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, thankfully he's, he's out, he's been recovering. Like his, his wife was, you know, keeping everyone up to date on Instagram regularly. And, um, he actually just did a post not too long ago. He's like, I'm still playing. I'm, I'm getting stronger. And, you know, because a lot of fans have been like, hey, why don't you start up with pedals and effects again? Because, you know how I talk about stomp boxes. He makes me look like I don't have any. Um, he has <laughs> he has so many different effects. It's ridiculous. And I love it. And, like, I'm totally inspired by the guy because of it. But I think he was one of the guys who did the first video where he put, like, 100 different effects pedals together. Oh wow! And, and just turn them all on, just see what happened. You know, <laughs> okay. You know, and that's that's my kind of thing. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I really appreciate this sort of stuff. So yeah, so shout out to Juan. Glad that he is, you know, still on his road to recovery and getting stronger and playing his bass. That just makes my day. Right on. Me too. Yeah, and that's everything, man. That's all I got this week. What's happening with you, there, brother? Huh. With myself, I got I got a couple. I've got a variety of things. Some interesting, some that I thought was pretty interesting. But while others might not, I don't know. We'll just kind of throw it out there. Um, took in my first live show, like at a venue of the year, like the first one. Uh, I believe it was not last episode, but the episode before that. I was talking about the house show that i took in which that that building okay that house that my buddies are owning they've named it the house of hosers oh yeah i love <laughs> I that thought, i thought you would love that yeah yeah so i made my way out to the park theater to catch like i don't i don't want to say real show because you know house shows are real shows to me, but it's just like the first first venue show, shall we say. Montreal Black Metalers Natched Lich have yeah, were crossing Canada and they did they did two two shows here in Winnipeg, one at the Park Theater and then one at the Handsome Daughter Bar. And it's like, well, I'm really only gonna take in one or the other, and I figured I'll take in the one at the Park Theater because uh Winnipeg Black Metalers Nocturnal Departure was playing their first um, gig of the year, and their new record uh, recently dropped courtesy of Hell's Headbangers as well. So it's like, yeah, I better make my way down for that. And I think the plan is to uh, is for me to sit down with the good folks at Nocturnal Departure and just get, you know, talk to them, get the 411 about everything going on in their in their camp. It's always really exciting, you know, when there is a new record. Hit I hit the hit the merch booths at these shows and grabbed some uh 7-inch singles, some grindcore, some crust, some death metal courtesy of of uh Left Cross, the Hell is Hell 7-inch, really cool 
Uh, Crust D beat band called Hysteria. Grab theirs. A cool pizza high five split with Nak Nak Nakne. I believe that's how you pronounce it. That's some really cool grindcore. It's just I when I see these cool seven inches, I can't. And it went once again. It's I've you know I've heard Pizza High Five before, but Left Cross and Hysteria never heard of them before. But okay, it's supposed to be a cool death metal band. It's supposed to be a cool crust punk band. All right, I'm in. All right, so I grabbed those really cool stuff. I hit the comic book shop myself this week and grab that galaxy comics here in winnipeg like we do every saturday afternoon that's kind of a family thing with uh with my brood as well um i introduced to i introduced you and our listeners to the monsters of metal comic book with uh yeah and i can't yeah. find that yeah you, you haven't been well, okay well i grabbed issue two man i need it i need it, to find it's out. yeah yeah you might have to go online or something um because my local shop surprisingly didn't know anything about it that's weird well they should be able to special order it for you i would hope but like they've never even heard of it wow and that's not like them yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a relatively new, like the the company is relatively new. They haven't been okay. around very, very long. But yeah, Monsters of Metal issue number two, when the band faced off against Krampus because it was just Christmas time <laughs> and all that. So it definitely made for a really good... Um, it really made for a really good issue. Yeah, everyone, Monsters of Metal, go out. We're two issues in. I, I can't recommend this comic enough. You know, if you're if you're into the the metal, and as well, um, issue one of the new Hammerfall series dropped. This is the same company, Opus Comics, that did that three issue Halloween series that mm-hmm. I talked about. Yeah, well. Issue one of the Hammerfall series, where it's I'm not going to get into too many details, but you know it's kind of this knight with a hammer fighting the, fighting the good fight. <laughs> yeah, really, really good. I feel like you've given away uh, too much. Oh yeah, see, I'm, I'm trying not to. Um, mail call today. And when I say that in my head, I say it just like Radio Radar O'Reilly. Okay, like if you know, you know. It's true. And the only time I really give a rat's ass about the mail is when the new disciple arrives. The new decibel magazine, because I'm still taking out the the subscriptions. And there are times where the the missus will go to the mailbox and the my my issue won't be there and I'll say well was there anything there and she'll say well there was this this and this I don't care <laughs> was what was the new disciple there no sorry not not today well then we didn't get any mail and it's at that, that point she just rolls her eyes and walks away you're like That's... Ralphie waiting for his orphan nanny <laughs> decoder pen That's right <laughs> That's right that is me every time when I have a feeling my new disciple is coming in. And, well, it is. It arrived. It arrived. And I'm opening it up 
right now because it's sealed in the plastic. They give me the notice. I got two more issues before my subscription expires, so I better re-sign and all that. So here, let me let me see what's going on here. And on the cover, radioactive metal alum obituary. Right. I mean, who you know with the with the new album out, obviously they're going to be the ones that they're going to want to uh, to get on out there. Oh, this is being stubborn. Ah, you know, I I, I hate it so much. When easy things are difficult, <laughs> you know, when something is supposed to be super easy and it's giving you a hard time, it drives me nuts. That is yeah. Like I said, we got obituary. We got the mighty obituary on the cover. What's going on here? What do we got? Anything sweet cobra? I've heard a lot about them. Gonna have, gonna have to check them out. Cassius King, okay. Catatonia, there's a cool article on them. Well, I'm assuming it's cool, they all are. But we've had Catatonia on interview with Fenris from uh, Darth Throne, Amorphous. Always good stuff. The 20 most anticipated albums of 2023. Ooh, I might have to. Ooh, I'm gonna, you know what? I'm going to skip that. That might have to be a, a future uh, a future discussion here. And um, their Hall of Fame is a Dinosaur Jr. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's always kind of a surprise. But, you know. Well, right on, right on. The Die Dying of Everything is the name of the new obituary record. And I haven't given it a spin yet, so I think I'm gonna have to do that while I'm given that this article this this magazine the once over. Were you ever a fan of that 70s show? I've seen a couple episodes, but nah, I never really watched it. Well, fans of the show are really excited for the first season of that 90s show. Yeah, I saw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, obviously, being a big fan of the original series, like Mrs. Snowy and I, we're, we were totally psyched about this. Because it makes total sense that they would, um, they would kind of follow this up, but... Um, it's basically set in that 90s. You know, Red and Kitty are still there. And the idea behind this show, this season, is their granddaughter, Eric and Donna's daughter, okay? Leia is spending the summer with them. And, of course, why they named her Leia was perfect because Eric was famously known as this big Star Wars fanatic. Oh, yeah. I, like I remember we, the Star yeah. Wars episode. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were like you and I, like, okay, they were a couple years older than we would have been in 77. They were teens. I was six. Yeah. Seven. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, Eric Foreman, huge Star Wars fanatic. So when they when they announced that in that 90s show, his daughter was gonna be named Leia. It was perfect. 
you know. Well, I do like that they took it back to the same basement with Red and Kitty. Yes. I, I, uh-huh. Because I, I, I think anything else would have made it cheesy. Right. Right. You know, yeah, it was basically point point place, same house, the same, you know, cafe, you know, little, little restaurant that they hang out in. It's just, it's now in the 90s. And yeah. it's all about 90s pop culture. And the whole reason why I'm talking about this is since it's based in the 90s, Okay, I met, or I, they introduced me to my favorite character from any of that 70s, that 90s, that 80s, that short-lived that 80s. My all-time favorite character out of all of those is the young girl that lives next door to Kate, to uh, Kitty in Red, Gwen, who is a riot girl. Rock on yeah, yeah. When you when you first see her in her bedroom, you can see the Go Go's posters in the back, the whole the Bratmobile posters, and you know the big the big Riot Girl poster. It's like yes, this one. Okay, this this is that '90s show that I wanted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was perfect. We like we figured that okay, they were gonna only be putting the show up one episode a week, you know, like they've been doing with, with bad batch on, 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 on the Disney network. Right. So we decided, okay, you know what? Well, let's watch the first episode or we'll watch this. And then we were going to hit the gym that night. Okay. Hitting the gym again, trying to get back into shape and all that. Well, we discover that, okay, actually they've put all 10 episodes up. So uh, it was the this past Thursday as we speak. So we decided we would watch one more, get to the gym, get our workout in, then we'd go from there. We ended up spending our Friday night, okay, binging the rest of the series. All, all, all eight episodes. Because we, we laughed and we cheered. You know, because it's just something that we could relate to. You know, there would there would be a a, a song would 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 come on from from the nineties that that I dug, and it's like, oh yeah, yeah, this is awesome, and it it was a fantastic time. I'm sure it's not going to please everyone, but um, yeah, it definitely pleased us. We had a fantastic time, and I would definitely recommend it if if you, if you were a fan of the original show. There's a lot of throwbacks. There's a lot in this. Gonna, there's a lot of nostalgia you're going to enjoy. So yeah, good time all the way around. Um, before we get, well, hang on. Into, so oh. you made me think of another show that's okay. um, kind of doing a continuation reboot with a child of the original show. Have you heard about the Night Court? The Night Court series. Melissa yeah. Ranch. Melissa Ranch is playing um, Harry's uh, yeah, daughter. Abby Stone. Yeah. I I really enjoyed it. I watched two episodes already. Oh, it's up. Yeah, yeah, it's out on Peacock. And, oh, um, okay. I, I think it's really good. Like I I can see where people are going to hate it, and I I wish they could have gotten Mac back as mm-hmm. well. And like Mac and Bull, um, as well as you know Dan Fielding, 
by having Dan Fielding in it, <laughs> it it's he, he he plays it perfect. He's just oh, yeah. you know, a grumpy old man now. It's wonderful. Mm-hmm. You you could have you you could do Night Court again. Um only with Dan Fielding, with yeah. John 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 Larroquette. Yeah. Like if 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 he wasn't on board, don't bother. And I'm sure that's the idea behind it. And I like the idea of um Harry's daughter because yeah. that's stepping into his shoes. I thought I thought that was really cool. The other day while I'm just kind of pissing around at work, I'm sitting in my office. I pull up my phone, I'm kind of dicking, I'm dicking around on Facebook, and Gus Penn from Sacrifice, okay, good friend of the show, big Sacrifice fan, obviously. He um, he was he put out a little status about um, his love of Rick James, funk the funkster Rick. Rick, Rick James and all that and I responded by saying you know I never really I, I I never had any of his albums but when I was a kid I really dug the song Super Freak you super know which song freak. I'm talking about super yeah. I'm super freak <laughs> yeah, that, that one that yeah, is because, the song that was sampled for Can't Touch This right right oh for sure for sure and when um Whenever I hear the opening, like the first couple seconds of that song, if it's Super Freak, like like this is on the radio, if it's Rick James, it stays on. You know, if I hear anyone else, click, because I'm not sitting through that MC Hammer crap, you know. Um, so I responded to Gus by saying, yeah, you know, I, I never had any albums, but I love this song. I, I, I had it on one of those KTEL style records, you know, sound explosion or hit express or whatever bullshit that they did back then. So a couple of minutes later, I get, um, in my DMS, I think that's what the kids are calling it these days. I he Gus sends me a video of him jamming out on the drums to Super Freak. Oh my god, this is so cool! <laughs> this is so cool. Like, take he took the time, okay, before he posted it on Facebook, he took the time out to send me this video personally. And, like, oh my god, I was so honored, I was so touched, and I was so stoked. That's that's absolutely fantastic, you know stuff like that, man. Forever and ever, it's you know, keep keeps me young forever and ever. Yeah. Um, but let's get on with some tunage here. Really cool record across my desk. The new atrocity record is now out and about, courtesy of Massacre Records once again. Um, Occult three. You know, well, it's the third album in the Occult series, uh, shall we say. I gave that a spin. Really, really cool stuff. And that took me back to interviewing Alex Krull when he came through town um, with his other project, Leave, Leaves Eyes. Interviewing him on the bus and, ha- and hanging out and all that. And just as we're about to press record, Elena, the uh, the vocalist, of Leaves Eyes, who's just an amazing girl. Like, oh, 
she's so sweet and she's so talented and she was just she's just so she's the she was the type of person that you feel good just being around her you know because she's just so cheery and she just gives off that energy and I'll never forget as we're about to sit down and I see her running down the hallway of the bus. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I want to talk. I want to talk. I want to talk. Please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all of that came rushing back as I was cranking Atrocities Occult 3. So let's get into something from said record. Available now. This is Atrocity with Fire Ignites. Oh, 
Dedicated to my new homegirl, Gwen, from that 90s show. That was Spitboy. From, I went into my own. I went into the Snowy Vaults, grabbed, gr- grabbed my own record. The Body of Work compilation, which was basically, you, you know, back then, a lot of the hardcore bands and all that, that didn't have like a huge back catalog. But enough, you know, an album, some demos, some some seven inches, and they all kind of put it onto one double album. Spitboy had an amazing compilation of all their works. That was Isolation, Burns, and before that, the aforementioned Natched Litched. I've been trying to say that band <laughs> for I don't know how many weeks now, and I'm always going to be struggling with it fortunately it was an absolutely kick-ass show from their satana solum and intium est record i know i didn't say that right that was galloping through tenebrae really really cool stuff when you get a chance to uh catch natch litched in concert please by all means do it Speaking of concerts, okay, this episode, we don't really have any one discussion or, or anything. Like, we'll have, if we don't have an interview, like, you and I will sit down. We'll take a particular topic, and we'll give it the once-over. Don't really have anything like that, because there was a couple things, a couple things that really caught my attention that I wanted to um, address and to share with our listeners. And um, the first first right out of the gate, are you have you ever been a Marilyn Manson fan? Um, no. Like so I remember seeing him open for um nine inch nails. Oh yeah. I think yeah. I'm pretty sure like the first time my son Nine Inch Nails Manson opened and then the beautiful people came out and he blew up, but yes. nobody knew who he was. His tiny little stage. It, it, it was not what it became. You know, you could definitely see, see, see that he was on the way up, but I was just like, yeah, whatever. You know? Oh, okay. The or the early stuff, like the last the last couple albums, yeah, they've even they've even come across my desk, and I haven't really given them much of a spin. But those first four or five records, I want to say, you know, all all throughout, you know, Marilyn Manson's heyday, produced some great stuff. Unfortunately, the one and only time I ever managed to catch him live, like Brian, really dropped the ball. Like, he really did. It was an uninspiring show. He was just, I could tell he didn't want to be there. And I think at the at the end of the show, he just, he just ended up laying on the stage. <laughs> you know, we, we, we don't know if he was just, just really wasted or yeah. what. But it was just, it was absolutely wretched. The Butcher Babies were the support act. Oh, I remember that tour. And they the, the they slaughtered Manson, just blew him right off the stage. Well, it was fucking embarrassing. The butcher for, babies for are pretty Manson. intense, anyway. Yeah, oh, ab- absolutely fantastic. Well, all of that kind of I wanted to bring that up and kind of throw that past you because um, I saw this 
rather interesting article from Metal Addicts. Okay, um, and it was it it kind of really caught my attention more than what something like this would, because this happened up here in Canada. Okay, now I'm used to some of this ribal shit, you know, happening in the states, shall we say? <laughs> because up up here, like you 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 Yanks, you guys are just an endless supply of entertainment up here. Well, okay. yes, <laughs> but not not. But we're we're definitely catching up these last couple years. <laughs> okay, like like Canada is definitely not without its sins, and I have, I got no problems calling my own country out on this. So when something like this happened, I just ah, uh, <laughs> I had to run this by you. Apparently, this drunk woman was at a Marilyn Manson concert. Okay, in London, Ontario. Okay. Upon leaving the venue, she was drunk, caused $10 million worth of damage after a Marilyn Manson concert, and is now suing the company that served her alcohol. Apparently, this young lady, after her 2019 concert, she drove her vehicle the wrong way down the road, severing a gas line. Oh, uh, there okay. we go. I was, I'm like, yes. how she do $10 million? I'm like, did yeah, she like, drive into like a Benz dealership <laughs> and blow it up? What? Yeah, like, yeah. Okay, that makes sense now. Okay. Well, apparently, yeah, the, the home exploded minutes after the collision and setting other structures nearby on fire. Holy crap. No one was killed, but four oh, houses. Yeah, four houses were destroyed, and seven people were injured. The woman was convicted of four counts of impaired driving, impaired driving, and sentenced to three years in prison in 2021. She believes that some of the responsibility for the vehicle crash and explosion lies with the Ovations Ontario Food Services, the firm in charge of serving alcohol. At the show. According to the lawsuit, the company and its employees served her when they knew she should have known that she was intoxicated, failed to properly train its bouncers, failed to check on her transportation after she was kicked out, and failed to take steps to ensure she wouldn't drive home. And Ovations allegedly put profit before public safety on the night in question. Therefore, she's alleging that the damage from the explosion in any wise caused or contributed by the negligence, breach of duty, and breach of contract by the company. So basically, what this woman is saying is, well, I did all this, but... I don't think I'm totally at fault here because, you know, I'm not looking to accept full responsibility for my actions. So you know. what are the drunk driving laws like in um, in, in Canada? Because I know down here, like it's, it's, it's pretty strict. Like if, if somebody leaves impaired, the bar could also lose their liquor license. Right. But 
I, I don't think the bar would be liable for any of the damage that they did, but they would lose their, their liquor license um, and probably also face it a fine, you know, but not related. But I'm just trying to figure out, like, like what... I can't even imagine that happening here. So, somebody, somebody trying to do that, and and like, that's saying a lot because you know the ridiculous shit that happens in the states here all the time. Yeah, Canada is like the land of frivolous lawsuits. That's or so I mean, weird. the the oh the U.S. US. Yeah, 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 yeah. So th that was actually kind of surprising, you know, because like that's just not what we do i think this is a case of this woman is just either looking to deflect some of the blame and trying to look for a cash in as well and honestly i, I don't i don't think she's gonna get it okay if i were her lawyer do you know what i would do okay because we're already in the realm of the ridiculous right <laughs> yeah I mean, we, we are already so far into the people are going to laugh us the fuck out of here um, that if you're going to do it, you need to go big and not just sue the bar, right? You mm -hmm. need to sue Netflix. You need to sue uh, Hulu. And you need to sue every streaming company, Right. Um, because I'm going to guess this, this woman probably streams, probably doesn't have like traditional cable TV, right? Like so okay. many people don't. And if you remember back in the nineties on traditional TV and traditional broadcast TV, traditional cable TV, there were always don't drink and drive commercials. They would have said, know when to say when, um, send a text to this place. If you don't feel like you can drive, there are all these commercials that would have been there to remind her and put it in the forefront of her mind that she needed to be responsible. And she would have saved that number to her phone. But because <laughs> that she is now consuming streaming, there's no commercials to, to remind her. To remind and, her. And that is the fault of Netflix, Disney, and, you know, insert streaming company here. I, that's what I would do if I were her lawyer. I would take it so extreme, right? And it, it, it and it would. I, I honestly think it would open up so many other conversations that she probably gets some money just so they can make it stop. Right. Right. You know? yeah, so, yeah, so, just, so yeah. So I'm just, so I I don't agree with it. Like I don't think it should be done. I think she's ridiculous. But mm -hmm. I'm just saying, like if I if I was her lawyer, like. Why stop there? Like, keep going. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah. it's already ridiculous. See, up 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 here, when you ask what the drinking and driving laws are are, are like that, and we are like you 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 do it once, okay? You get caught once. I think your license is suspended, and right. then for I don't know exactly how long, and then they put one of those. Uh, breathalyzers yeah. on your car oh, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. and um and that's on there for a little while as well the problem see the thing like i i wish i had known how old this person was okay because up 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 here in canada okay time times have changed okay like there is one time especially like in the prairies 
okay, like like the the province I live in and our neighboring prairies, you know, where there's a lot of rural rural areas, okay, and and then you could actually kind of relate to this as well. But the boomers when they were young, okay, there was a lot of drinking and driving. Well, wow. oh, you know, and, and and so here's the deal, not. When the boomers were young, it truly was drinking and driving. Because well, right. like in the eighties, it was <laughs> you know, nineties was more drinking than driving. Like in the sixties and seventies, it's like I've got my beer in the cup holder and I am right. drinking it on the way to the grocery store. Right. Yeah. Yeah, like when our parents were younger, you know, like that's it was just it was totally a different time. The cops would see you the car swaying back and forth and pull you over it's like sir do you um you realize you were driving you were driving all over the road yeah sorry officer i'm drunk oh okay well go straight home you know like yeah uh, yeah this, yeah right yeah this is this is exaggerated but it that's kind of the way it was now yeah. fast forward many years later times have changed Okay, all of a sudden, drinking and driving is a no-no. You can't do that. The younger people are kind of getting that message. The people that are still getting the DUIs are the older folks, you know, that haven't quite realized that it's the turn of the millennium now. <laughs> okay, so the majority of the people in Canada, at least, that are getting DUIs are the older generation, the boomers. That's interesting. And I, that. I, yeah. I think down here, I, I think it's still the younger generation. Like, I, And I think it's always been like the younger generation. Typically, like the older people are like, yeah, no, I don't have time for that shit anymore. And, right, right. and now, yeah. like, there's everyone, every time I've said this to people, someone has always said, well, I don't know about that because my friend's second cousin's brother's neighbor's son, he had a DUI and he's only 20. And it's like, well, okay, it's not a, it's not an exact science. It's not 100%. I'm talking generalities here and, and all that. So it would be kind of interesting, like, to see exactly how, how old she was. Because, like, yeah, I imagine she would be a little bit older if she's going to Marilyn Manson show for the nostalgia. Oh shit, she's probably our age. But she would be still young enough to know better. You know? Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. The either way, this is see she she if if she wins anything. Okay, and the key word to this whole discussion is precedent. That's right. exactly that's exactly what will be set right. because no no one has to take any responsibilities for their actions anymore. If I, yeah. you know, if I get behind the wheel and wipe out and destroy a family of six, then, well, hey, that that bar shouldn't have you know shouldn't have served me and all that. Well, you know, <laughs> you know, how is a bar supposed to really, unless you're trying to order your drink like. Uh, 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 uh. Like you, no one, no bar, no busy bartender is yeah. going to know exactly how much you've had. Like I've had yeah. my our former co-host is Sky. You know, yeah, her her establishment. She's served me way too many drinks. I'm not saying all in one night, just over the years that I've known her. Like she's 
served me so so many drinks and all that. She does. She was no way she would know exactly how many I've had and how inebriated I am if I was at all. Yeah, you know, like you, you, you that's putting way too much pressure on an establishment, on a bartender. Yeah, because it's, it's hard to place. And I mean, here's the deal. Um, oh, this would be a few years ago now, like oh, quite a few years ago, it was before I had kids. But um, a buddy of mine and I, um, and I think I've talked about this particular artist on the show, but we're big fans of the artist Hamill on Trial. And he's a solo artist. He goes around playing an acoustic guitar, and it's not folk. Um, so it's one of those things that if you're like, huh, like, Trust me, check it out. Look up the album Songs for Parents Who Enjoy Drugs. Start there and then find the Alive albums because trust me, this is some funny shit. But um, we went to see this guy and the bartender thought my friend was cute. So we were getting our drinks faster than everybody else. Um, and that was always the, the the bonus of hanging out with this dude because like literally, like if there's a female bartender, I'm like, well... We're going to be drinking a lot, you know. Well, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I know how this night's going to go. So mm-hmm. um, we went up to Hamill. And I'm like, dude, it's oh, so great to see you. I'm like, we're going to go. You know, we drove up here from, from all the way from Pittsburgh to see you. And I mean, literally, we drove across the state of Pennsylvania. Okay. And I'm like, yeah, we got to get back now. And you could just see his eyes get huge because I'm slurring my words, right? Like, I am definitely sloppy drunk. And he's like, you're not driving back tonight, are you? <laughs> and the thing is, like, he he's, you know, um, completely clean. He was a drug addict, you know, alcohol, all this sort of stuff. So he would have stopped us. Like, he, he would have absolutely talked to the bouncer, the bartender, and made sure that, that, that we were stopped. And I'm like, nah, man, we got a hotel. We just got to figure our way out a couple blocks. And that's what we did. We had to stumble stumble a couple blocks back to the hotel and pass out. Mm-hmm. You know. But we also wouldn't have gotten quite that drunk if we were driving. You know. Right. right. We, like we knew we, we knew it was a pretty wide sidewalk. We were, we were fine for walking, <laughs> you know. Right. Been there. But yeah, like, like I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting. You know, and, and really the crowd changes because, I mean, I, it'd be interesting to see if the crowd that goes to a Marilyn Manson show is the crowd that's like our age trying to relive being 28 and drinking like they're 28 and then trying to go home. Uh, I, I, I think that'd be an interesting social experiment yeah yeah and it wouldn't be just marilyn manson but any band from the 80s as well so i wouldn't say any band because marilyn manson had a very definite decadent anti-authoritative crowd you Mm -hmm. know especially with songs like i don't like the drugs the drugs like me um which is a great song but uh do you remember the shirt i am the god of fuck Mm-hmm. You know, uh, it was like, one of the lyrics, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was also like, uh, like I'll, I'll never forget this one kid coming in to the music store I worked at with that on his shirt, and you know, like it didn't bother me because I was the rocker in the store, but everybody else was very conservative, and <laughs> they're like, holy shit, you know. So I mean, 
you know, that person is like, yeah, fuck this, fuck these people, blah, blah, blah. What happens 20 years later? Like, have they changed their mind or are they still like, yeah, fuck these people. I'm getting drunk tonight. Fuck my boss. You know? <laughs> Well, uh, it's been my experience that those people have been like that. And then there's like the zebra man. The zebra man was that, uh, that Judas Priest fan in the, um, the documentary, the heavy metal parking lot doc oh, yeah, documentary. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's, he's all done up in the zebra stripes and he's, he's like, ah, oh, I'm such an 80s metal guy. And then I saw a documentary on this guy just about 10 years ago and he's he's this ultra conservative uh white picket fence country music you know type guy that's totally forgotten all about hard rock and metal so i'm just i think that can go either way you could have those marilyn manson fans that you described and then there are those fans that are like yeah, I used to like that when I was younger, but yeah, you know, I I kind of, I outgrew that. That's another one of my favorite expressions. Well, but so then I think we can be in the middle because I'm I'm in the middle of all those where I don't look like I listen to metal. I don't mm -hmm, look like me neither. ever listen to metal. Mm -hmm. Um and I will go and like I went to the DRI show, I didn't drink. You know, right. because I knew I had to drive home. You I had to drive home, when, yeah. <laughs> and so I didn't have a drink at all. Well, no, so I take that back. I may have had a beer with dinner because I knew I had had at least like a couple hours there, but like a right. beer. Um, yeah, and when I say I had a beer with dinner, like I had to walk 500 feet from the restaurant to the venue. But um, it just, I, you know, like... I will go and enjoy these shows, but I mean, like, if, if I if I have a beer at the show, I'll have a beer at the show. Right. You know, occasionally. But most of the time, I go to these shows and I don't drink. Uh, also, because I just want to be completely present for the show. I don't want to forget it. Because, I mean, I don't know about you, dude, but I unfortunately have a handful of shows that I can't remember because I was so drunk. Ah. Uh. You know, and that's stupid too because I spent all that money on alcohol and all the money on concert. And on the concert, yeah, I've yeah. seen, I've known my share of those th those guys as well. Man, that concert was great. Well, tell tell me about it. I uh, know, man, I was so wasted. I don't remember any of it. Okay, well, you had a great time getting wasted. I'm sure everyone around you had a great time at the concert. Yeah. You know, so yeah, no, I'm all for having a couple bevies if you choose. To, but don't get to the point where you don't remember the show. Like that's, you know, I I couldn't imagine that. So it's gonna be, it's, I'm gonna be interesting to see if anything comes about this. And I hope to get to hear of the verdict. And when we do, we'll um share it with our listeners. Apparently, moving on. If the Pantera reunion tour. Pantera oh, reunion tour. Yeah. If if that hasn't got enough people talking one way or another about it, very, very polarizing. Well, word has come out that this Pantera version has been removed from some uh, German music festivals, the Rock AM Ring and the Rock IM Park festivals. 
likely due to singer Phil Anselmo's infamous white power incident at a 2019 concert. Now, apparently, okay, now. I'm pretty sure it's 2016. What did I say? 2019. Oh, no, 2016. Yes, sorry. Uh, a full statement from the organization of the Twin Festivals reads, Pantera will not be performing at these festivals as announced. In the last few weeks, we've had many intensive conversation with artists, our partners, I think that's key, and you, the festival fans. We have continued to deal with the criticisms together and decided to remove the band from the program. Now, they're not coming out and saying exactly what it is. Okay, because really... It's their business. Right. <laughs> okay. It's not really any of our business as to why, but inquiring minds want to know. Okay. But I thought some of their wording in this press release was, was pretty interesting. When they mentioned our partners, okay, that being sponsors. Right. And when, you know, the history here. Follow the money. Yeah, yeah, and the history of Anselmo doing the dumbass thing with the white power and all that now. He's he's apologized for it. He said what it was. Right. It is it is what it is. It's stupid and it's, he's never gonna live it down because never that's, gonna that's it society down. today. Like you can't it's, fuck up anymore. It's it's I think that's that's right. That hits it bang on. You're never gonna live it down. Because if their people aren't going to let you, yeah, and 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 all that, and I think it's kind of silly. Okay, like okay, if he if if like I honestly don't think I think this was back then, and we talked about it at length on, on the show. I think it was a, it was if it, it was a bad joke. Okay. Oh and yeah. Because, no, because, I remember when we talked about it then because because we. We were cringing then. We're like, ah, oh, come on. It's like, it's like dude, yeah. You, yeah. you can't do that because a lot of people aren't going to see that this was just a stupid, drunk, immature attempt at humor. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people aren't going to see that. Now, you go into a country like Germany, okay, and their history. Oh, yeah. Okay, <laughs> do you really, really think that they're just gonna, ah, oh, that Phil, oh, you know, you know, oh, oh, you know, he's Mr. Funny Guy. No, I don't think so. Yeah, you know, and especially once you start dealing with sponsors, because the sponsors, okay, and this happens you know, far too often, you know, where, you know, people will, will cater to where the money's coming from instead right. of where they should, where they should be and, and, and all that. So I'm not the least bit surprised, well, you know, I've got the perfect solution. Okay. Just replace Inselmo for those two shows. Why not? Sure. And then, <laughs> yeah, for real, dude. Because I mean, like, one, you don't have anybody else original. Because I mean, Rex might be back by then, 
But then, yeah. hey, if Rex is back, you've at least got one original Pantera what? member, which is all they've really been averaging right now anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I am sure there is a Pantera fan out there that can do a perfect Anselmo. Let him step up two uh. shows, you know, because, again, I'm going to see Benante play. You know, right. I could yeah. give a rat's ass about anybody else and, you know. Like I want to see Benante play the Pantera songs, and that's what you would get in yeah. the like they're like okay, and I can't help but laugh because what you're saying here is because people are are already saying, well, this is a Pantera tribute band, right? Uh, okay, yeah, just replacing now, Anselmo. It's fine. If if Anselmo is the only one, because if if Rex is is still hurt or out, yeah. so you get rid of him, then it's official. There is yeah. it is absolutely it's not even the Phil Anselmo project anymore. Yeah. It's just these guys getting together and playing some Pantera songs. Which you you know, you get the right front man to do it and everybody's gonna love it. <laughs> like people eat it up. Even even because I'm a defender of Napalm Death and yeah. Sepulchre and all that. Yeah. Yeah, like a lot of their important key members have all have have all left but to me it's still it's still the same bands still rock and roll to you (laughs) but even i would have to say okay this is officially no for these two shows and these two shows only this is officially not pantera i think not only should they replace phil as the front man they should allow Phil to be on stage bound and gagged. Why is that? Because that, that, that's what they're worried about, right? Him making a gesture, him saying something stupid. So you have him tied to a chair and gagged and blindfolded to make a statement at the same time. Oh, like Rage Against a Machine. In, exactly. Uh, at Lollapalooza. Yeah. Back, back then. Okay. Yeah. Actually... Yeah, that's actually a really good idea. Yeah, like so he's bound, he's gagged, he can't do it. Have you know, have an official come out and check, make sure it's no, no, you know, magic trick sort of thing. And and there we go. And, but I mean, again, like, and, and this is blasphemy, but I don't give a rat's ass about seeing Zach Wild. Oh, okay, he's a great player. I've seen him yeah. do Hendrix a couple times. Been, and, been there, done that, yeah. And he is going to absolutely nail the Pantera stuff. It's it's going to be per- perfect. Mm-hmm. It's 100%. Just nail it. Benante is going to nail it. You will, you will swear you are listening to Dime and his brother play when you hear those two play, right? Like, right. like they are going to absolutely nail it. Does it matter that Rex isn't there? You know? Like, like, know. Like, it's th- tough. I, I, I don't feel like Rex mattered all that much in Pantera to begin with. And I, I hate to say things like that, especially being a bass player. But I don't feel like, you know, Rex being there or being gone makes a big deal. And so, take out Anselmo. <laughs> Who cares? <laughs> Okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Pink 
Floyd has gone woke. Oh, I know. I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> Pink Floyd using a rainbow to celebrate Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> That's right. What is wrong with this? <laughs> I, I can't even give a straight face to do it. I, I, I was trying, dude. I was trying. Me, me, me too. I went on Facebook and I put up this status about 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 the band Rainbow, which was beautiful. I was I was dying when I saw that, and, and I was like, first of all, you know, Pink Floyd goes all woke. Okay, now now we got this band, and of course I put a picture of the Rising album with the fist holding the rainbow, you know. <laughs> Because because this band is all woke. They're a bunch of snowflakes. Yeah. <laughs> hell, uh, so wow. Well, but here's the deal. I really think this says a huge statement about our culture that everybody is so reactionary they will read a headline and freak out. Right. One one person has to say it, and then it just sets it off like dominoes because nobody thinks for themselves anymore. Like I was, I was talking to a friend that was telling me their son, um, you know, because uh, their son's going to study to be an archaeologist. I'm like, oh, well, like, you know, what's what's his what's his Indiana Jones focus going to be? Because you know how everybody in the Indiana Jones series, there's always an archaeologist that had a focus, and um, that person tells me they're like, well, you know, he he feels that um, Indiana Jones did for archaeologists what. Um, pretty woman did for hookers, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, right. oh, and and then they proceed to tell me that he's never ever even seen any of the Indiana Jones movies, and that uh, he got that opinion from a TikTok. Oh, so wow. The opinion that he has about it is not even his own opinion, which I think speaks volumes about what's going on today, right? Right. Because if there's anybody who's dead serious about this. Um, so one, you want to talk about science, it's a fucking prism, like a right. prism refracts light. Like we used to do this in science. Like I, I, I am so disappointed with education. When I talk to, talk to different kids, I'm like, well, did you guys you know, do this with the prism? And they go, what? What the fuck did you do in science? I don't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh -huh, like, yeah. I'll, like I'll have this conversation with my kids. I'm like, well, no, it's basic physics. You do this and that. I'm like, you guys haven't talked about that yet? No. I'm like, no, I know I did this stuff in middle school because we would do this. And they're like, really? I'm like, yeah. You know, but I feel like, in, and honestly, this kind of ties back to the woman who wants to sue the bar for letting her get drunk is everybody is so afraid of a lawsuit that nobody wants to do an experiment even with the proper safety protocols. Because if you have a dumbass kid, like, like so when you and I were in school, mm -hmm. I guarantee you had a class clown that would do something stupid with the chemicals. It would damage the... Um, Damage the table, and then that kid's in the principal's office, his parents are down there, and he's suspended detention, whatever, right? Mm -hmm. Now, the dumbass kid is probably going to pour it on the hand of the person next to them. That person's going to have a thing, and they're going to sue the school for doing it. You know, they're, mm -hmm. they're not going to hold the kid responsible. Well, it's not his fault. 
you know, the teacher should know better than to do. It's like, well, I, like, I, I can't, I don't know, I just can't wrap my head around the fact that we can't do anything anymore because yeah. nobody wants <laughs> to be responsible enough to think to pay attention, to be like, hey, this is dangerous, but if we're wearing a helmet, our safety goggles, we're checking the ramp before we go off of it, like like all these safety protocols, like I, I just don't under I don't understand, you know. But anyway, but winding back around to the science, like it's science, it's a prism. Like that was the whole point of the dark side of the moon. Like you refract you take the light through the prism, it breaks it to a rainbow. That was mm -hmm. one of the coolest things ever when I was a kid. We all wanted to do that sort of thing. And, like, what in the what moron? All right. And have we talked about the fact that I don't even like Pink Floyd? Right. Okay. And I, and I can't remember if we, if, if, because I, I don't think I've said the reason on the air. I feel like you and I have talked about off the air, and I'll remind you again off the air if you don't remember. But I'm not even a big Pink Floyd fan, but I am familiar with their music. I'm a huge David Gilmore fan. Love him as a guitar player. Okay. Um, but even for somebody like me who really only knows the hits, I'm 100% aware of that album, that album cover. Right. It's, right. It's a, so it's, it's a classic. Well, you know, so you know what? No. Okay. Here, so here's our frivolous lawsuit. <laughs> Ready? There we are. Okay. Ready? We are going to sue Apple. Spotify, Pandora, insert streaming platform here. Um, because if people still had to go to a record store to buy this album, rather than be able to just get it for free or steal it from, oh, no, we need to Napster and LimeWire, right? Mm -hmm. um, people would know what this album cover looked like, and this wouldn't be a problem right now. Right. Oh yeah. Well, we wouldn't. No, no one would be exposed, exposed, you know, to the the evil wokeness oh, for the God. for the lack of a better term. See, Dude, that's, that's just so ridiculous. Like, I I just I can't even wrap my head around somebody who's that dumb. Yeah. Well, it's 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 reactionary now. You have half half of the country that is woke, which I don't really like that expression because I've been quote unquote woke since I was twelve. I mean, hopefully okay. you've woken up before that, because I mean, yeah. if you would have been in a coma till you're 12, like I feel <laughs> yeah, like you missed yeah. a lot. I think you definitely would have missed a lot. Yeah, you know? yeah. But I've been quote unquote woke since you know that that age, and now like you kind of get like you think it's adults, and they see something, okay, that just it it, it has a rainbow on it. And it's just the where we are in the world. It's just like everyone is just it's it's just that reactionary thing because the other half of society sees being quote unquote woke as an insult, and this is you know this is it it, it it's wrong, yeah. You know, which I I don't understand that concept at all. So it was just a reactionary thing. It's like oh, they have a rainbow. Rainbow means this. I'm against people's freedom of anything you know it doesn't it doesn't um it it doesn't align with my beliefs so therefore it's woke and so without even 
doing the slightest bit of research, I'm going to have this knee-jerk reaction, post something stupid online, and before you know it, you are now famous, buddy. All but, these people that, that posted this reactionary bullshit are yeah. now all famous because this meme... Oh, yeah. Well, they're so dumb. But I mean, like, mm -hmm. it, there is no way that anybody that said that actually owns a Pink Floyd album. Not at all. No. Like, even digitally. Like, there is no. no way they own Pink Floyd. There's no way. Or they'd know. Mm -hmm. Right? And then, like, because one of my buddies posted this story before you posted it. And um, it, and it's it's funny like there's there's a handful of friends from a certain era of my life and it's really fun to see that we're all still pretty much the same you know is 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 it just as far as like this we we still get the same jokes and we're still shocked by the same stuff like this and right. um, my buddy posted it and i i had to look it up to make sure like it was really real because I'm like, oh, come on. No, please, please tell me somebody made this up as a joke. And nope, it was real. But um, I, I responded. I said, dude, I said, wait until they see the Mork and Mindy, um, you know, like reissues. Because remember, Mork wore the um, rainbow suspenders. Oh, shit. That's right. Yes. Right? Yes. So, and I actually, sorry, I actually saw a couple episodes of Mork and Mindy because recently because i discovered the pluto tv app oh nice. and i downloaded it on my tv and they have a happy days channel with that with not only do there episodes of happy days but there's also laverne and shirley and mork and mindy because a lot of people forget that mork and mindy is a spinoff of happy days, days. Yeah. yeah yeah so yes i just <laughs> you're right i saw it yeah. I I saw this rainbow outfit. Yes, Dude, just recently. Mork and Mindy was comedy so far ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. And when Jonathan Winters joined that cast, oh yeah, oh holy shit, dude! It yeah. was just so intense. <laughs> it's just so crazy. But anyway, but I mean, like, like, like that's the thing. Like, is somebody going to be like, oh my goodness? Robin Williams was gay because he's wearing rainbow suspenders. It was the fucking 70s, you idiots. Everybody wore rainbow suspenders. Yeah, or something colorful. Yeah. Uh, no, no, for sure, for sure. So, uh, it's definitely been very entertaining. Yeah, that, that one just, um, I... I, <laughs> I I would love to have sat down and be like, Really? Really? <laughs> like, like, again, I know this, and I don't like Pink Floyd. You know? Oh, for sure. For sure. No, no. Let's switch gears here. Something a little more positive, shall we say, because we just discussed three very negative bullshit crap that we wish we didn't have to discuss, but that's the burden that we place on our own shoulders by doing a show like this. So we're going to switch gears, something a little more fun, a little more positive, because with the beginning of the new year, the new year of tours start to become announced. This band is playing here. This is the support act. This They're playing this date here through here, and you get all excited. 
you you click on the article, you get excited, hoping, hoping. Oh, I hope I see my name. I hope I see the city. Yeah, ah, damn it. Yeah. Or, or once in a while, you know, especially well, especially up here, more often than not, we miss more than we get. Oh, whatever. And yeah, I was just about to yeah, give you, you the shut total the fuck props. Up right now. I was just about to say, and it's even worse for you. Because, yeah, while we only get maybe 30% of the tours, yeah, you get like 1%. 1% of the tours. Yeah. Yeah. So I got to give you credit for being able to live where you do, man, because there's no way that I could. I want to come down and visit you guys. But to live there, no, no. I need my scene. I need my shows. And I'm so glad that these tours have been announced and we're getting at least one of them may 25th the weekend around my birthday the black dahlia murder is back on tour and they're yeah yeah with hardcore legends terror i like black dahlia terror is the band that's selling this show for me i was going to be there regardless it's a ninja cat show it's my fucking show okay Uh, But, yeah, it's terror that's really selling this for me. As well as Frozen Soul, Fuming Mouth, and Phobophilic. Really cool death metal band from uh, good folks at Prosthetic Records. So it's a stacked bill. Okay. The importance of this tour is this is the first tour after the loss of Trevor Strand, the vocalist. Yeah, I was. I, I honestly wasn't sure if they were going to keep going, and I was. I was surprised to see this announced. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard any word. I don't know who's who's replacing them or what or what they're doing. It's Phil definitely. And yeah, they're gonna get Phil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just can't play Germany. That's <laughs> your. <laughs> <laughs> You're brutal, man. <laughs> oh, come on. Like, like, you remember when all this shit was funny? Like, we just we would just laugh at everything. It's like, okay, somebody did something stupid. Move on. Try not to be stupid again. You know? Yeah, and it never worked. We're always going to be. Yeah, we're, we're, we're too old to grow up now. That's my own personal tagline. I think that works on this show. But yeah, yeah, you know that's that's big shoes to uh, fill because Trevor Trevor was a great guy. Okay, I didn't I didn't know him as well as some of my cohorts did, but when we announced this show, my good buddy Ducky, he's like, "It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough seeing Black Black Dahlia because every time they came through town, and they came through town a lot here." But Trevor, Trevor and Ducky would always hang out and they would talk video games. Oh, no shit. Yeah, yeah. Trevor oh, was kind man. of a nerd, kind of a nerd that way. Oh, that's good. Yeah, and he's just a fantastic guy. Every time, every time Black Doll, yeah, I, I would take the time out to say hi and, you know, shake a hand and so good to see you. And he, he, he always took the time for that. So I'm really looking forward to that. So, speaking of tours, did you see the Mega Monsters tour? That was going to be the next one. Okay. I have three, I have three tours here that are really important for one reason or another. The Mega Monster tour with... I know, I'm, this, this is your puppy. I'm going to let you set this oh, up. Dude, 
I wanted, I, I just want the, um, the tour poster. Have you seen the tour poster? No, no, not okay. that I remember. So it's called the Mega Monsters Tour, right? It's Gojira and Mastodon. Right. And the tour poster is two kaiju monsters. And it's it's just in that style. It, it is in that kitschy style. And I just, I love it. I like the tour, this, like, I need to find this tour poster somewhere and somehow get a copy. Mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, Gojira, who played here in 2021, I think it was, you know, because we were the only state open. Um, not coming anywhere near us this time, thanks. No, sorry, pal. I, I was so bummed, dude. And I'm looking, I'm like, okay, well, there's a Pittsburgh date. I'm like, maybe I should try to get up to Pittsburgh to see this show. There's a Georgia date. So, yeah. Well, how, how close are you? Which which city? Atlanta? Athens? Which Atlanta's about six hours away, depending on traffic. And traffic is pretty nasty. Oh, okay. Um, but then, let's see here. Looking for... Uh, yeah, no. Uh, like, Atlanta's probably, like, the closest... Okay. Of all these, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's a bummer. But I, yeah. man, I was super excited about that. Show. Yeah, we're like, not getting it build. either. But yeah, just just the 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 concept. I I was hoping, like like I wanted to bring it up. I'm glad you did the concept of the Mega Monster Tour. Gojira, Mastodon. Okay, now okay. The support act is Lorna Shore, who there. You know, on the the deathcore type, I believe. Okay, so there's going to be a lot of people. Okay, because Mastodon and Gorgir are getting bigger and bigger. Oh yeah. Okay. So I like the con I like the irony of that, but they're getting bigger and bigger, and they're going to be attracting a lot of people that don't dwell too far into the underground. Okay, now they're they are under underground bands for the, for the most part, but they're kind of on that cusp, like the way Anthrax was yeah. on that was on that cusp with Among the Living. I don't know, or though, even, dude. You know, like this. Yes, they're getting bigger, but it's not like they're writing accessible music. No, no, they're you not. Know? It, it, it's this is not neither one has put out a black album yet right and and i'm not trying no. to dig on metallica but i mean the black album completely shifted who was going to go to a metallica show like, yes was it, in a single album uh-huh neither gojira or mastodon is going to have that sort of thing i think they're just getting out to more people more people are discovering them you know right. and i know like for me like gojira scratches so many itches that i like right mm -hmm. like like they they get the doom thing in there that uh which honestly i don't even know if i would have been that excited about this band had it not been for rock and getting me into doom right right but but, but it's kind of sludgy and they've also got some of the crazy guitar like high harmonies kind of like what dillinger escape plan did and then of course it's the name gojira and they are environmental activists so it's like wow Okay. It works. Like, I'm in. It works. You know? It works all the way around. Yeah. Yeah. 
I'm going to change the whole way that you see the word kaiju. Oh, jeez. Now. Okay. Because I'm kind of a smart ass, and the person that I'm no. smart... Yeah. You? Yeah. It's, nah. it's, it's true. It's true. Oh. The, the person that I'm the biggest smart ass around, of course, is my wife. I've heard that. Okay. I have heard that. Okay. We have kind of this inside joke when it's just her and I in our living room, and we're watching a TV show or a movie, and you're going to get that couple that you know are going to become a thing. At some point, this guy and this girl in this movie, they're going to have the sex scene, or they're going to develop that relationship. Brown chicken, brown cow. Yeah. Okay, for sure, for sure. I'm kind of a wise guy. So, <laughs> so I just started saying to my wife, oh yeah, this guy's gonna be giving her to kaiju later, later, later. Oh. <laughs> Uh, yeah. He's gonna I mean he's, he's gonna be giving her to Kaiju. I'm not sure how I feel about that particular reference. If if we <laughs> if we wanna if we wanna tie in Kaiju in into that, um you say, Well, huh, hey honey, I bet you he's gonna take her like Godzilla took Tokyo. <laughs> there we go. You know. Which is kind of the same thing. See, you know. You know. Yeah. Uh, which, just so you know, with Valentine's Day coming up, I do expect you to say that to Mrs. Snowy. Oh, definitely. Oh, hell yeah. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, one more tour that I wanted to, uh, to throw out there that was announced. The Clash of the Titans tour. This time, Clash spelt with a K. Oh, so okay. it's not uh, Slayer. And anthrax and Megadeth? Not, no, no, no. It's kind of it's kind of the same idea though. Fast forward 30, 30 years later, whatever. We've got Creator, Sepultura, Death Angel, and Spirit World. Oh. Okay. Oh, I'm okay with this. Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of some of the similar like like when they announced this, okay. I saw some of the similarities between this and the original Clash of the Titans. Okay, they okay, like you like you said, it was Megadeth Slayer Anthrax and Allison Chains be pre-grunge, like when Allison Chains was considered a metal band, kind of a weird metal band, like Faith No More. Right. Okay. But this was pre-grunge, pre-Nirvana, although Nirvana were around with the Bleach album. Okay, but, you know, there was no grunge. This was, you know, Alice in Chains. The only people that gave a rat's ass about Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, okay, were metal fans. Okay, so that, that was the original Clash of the Titans lineup. Allison Chains, okay, were a um, sort of like a last-minute replacement, and this is how synchronicity works, because that was the first step towards um, Allison Chains breaking through. You know, this was their first really big break. The facelift record was doing good, okay, but it was this tour that you know was the first step towards stardom or whatever bullshit expression you want to use. They were a last-minute replacement for Death Angel. 
Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. For one reason or another, I could I can't remember why. Death Angel wasn't able to make it. You know, which that's kind of why it seemed okay, because you had these three thrash bands and then you had this bizarro metal band. Like this 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 doesn't fit. What's going on here? It was because Death Angel couldn't make it and you know they they were a much better fit so once again fast forward 30 years the wrong has been righted with death angel on this new clash of the uh, titans tour at the same time as the original clash of the titans tour was announced the new titans on the block tour was announced as well and i've i didn't do i didn't I, i'm trying to remember exactly the who the four bands on the new titans on the block were okay i'm i think it was it was sacred reich um there was a hardcore band napalm death and sepultura on the new Titans on the block 30 years ago. So when they announced this Clash of the Titans tour and Sepultura is on that, I'm like, oh, look at how that worked. Ah, nice, nice, nice. Yes, I am a metal nerd. <laughs> I got lots of free time at work to think about this stuff. Oh, did I lose you? No, I'm still here. Oh, oh, okay. Okay, yeah. No, who was the hardcore band? Ah, I'm having I'm having that brain fart where every you remember everything all around it except that one little piece there, one of the major hardcore bands from the from the New York hardcore scene. Now it wasn't Agnostic Front. It wasn't Oh shit. Shit. It wasn't Cro-Mags. Uh, ah, I, ah, I, ah, now I feel like a knob. Because it's just it's that one little thing that I just can't I can't remember. But yeah, but that was the new Titans on the block. Okay, we're gonna get into a song and I'm gonna look that up because it's Ganon. <laughs> It's, it's it's really is gnawing at me now. Okay, let's drop a track here so I can do that. So excited, so stoked, not just for terror, but Black Dahlia murder as well. Let's go with a um for the Grind 'em All compilation. Black Dahlia did a wicked cover of Left for Dead's Ripped Up. Let's go with that. This is the mighty Black Dahlia murder.
Okay, dude, it was sick of it all. That that was the New York hardcore band from the um, the original New Titans on the Block tour. Oh, don't you hate it when that happens? Oh, it drives me nuts. And it's not the first time this has happened on the air like this. You know, is that one little piece of information? Ah, oh, it just drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. Well, that also was the aforementioned Phobophilic. I imagine that's how it's pronounced from their new record, Enveloping Absurdity, that was nauseating despair. And I can't wait to see that song live when the Black Dahlia Murder Tour makes its way through here. It's going to be exciting. Well, my friend, another awesome episode in the books. I know you got a lot going on down there in Aaron World. So thank you so much for taking a couple minutes out of your busy week and uh, hammering it out for all of our beautiful listeners. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, <sighs> let's see here. Well, probably the internet. Um, um, yeah. If they just go to any of the local venues in Winnipeg, they can always get a hold of you. Yeah, oh, um, I will be around. I'm going to be tougher because I never leave the house. <laughs> um, that, yeah, it's going to be tough. I never leave the house. But, you know. Right. I mean, those would all work. They could also go to radioactivemetal.org. Right? Mm-hmm. That's, that's where all the episodes, past, present, and future will be. Facebook.com slash radmetal. Um, at radmetal666 on Instagram. Radmetal666 at Gmail. Um, and yeah, iTunes, Spreaker, Stitcher for the podcast. And then, of course, shiningwizardsnetwork.com. We are proud members of the Shining Wizards Network, and thanks to the Shining Wizards Network, you can also find us on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and a lot of cool things happening at the Shining Wizards Network. You know, not only can you find our great show, you can find the good folks at the Shining Wizards Podcast, but we're uh, going to be adding um, some new and exciting shows to the roster as well so everyone's going to want to go there check out the new family members and enjoy in the meantime and in between time that's it this has been a an on on tour episode of radioactive metal i'm snowy white and this is aaron signing off